Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, the Pewter Game Day show presented by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the Buccaneers are 2-0 to begin the season after winning their home opener by defeating the Chicago Bears by a score of 27-17. We're going to break down all of the game from start to finish, especially the way that this one ended. So I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me are my fellow colleagues at PewterReport.com. Josh Capo, who was kind enough to do the Pewter uh, game day show with me at the beginning and in the first half. And live from Raymond James Stadium, who saw it all firsthand, SR Scott Reynolds. Guys, many people doubted the Bucks in the season, but they begin the year 2-0. and Not a bad start. It's a great start for this team. And when you look at the fact that that uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are coming into Raymond James Stadium, also 2-0, it really makes for an exciting Monday night football game and um, in just over a week. And I'll tell you what, if the Bucks defense can play similar to how they played today against the run, and I know that Justin Fields held on to the ball way too long, took way too many sacks, had too many bad reads as a quarterback, Jalen Hurts is a more accomplished and better passer, but he's not Dan Marino. He's not Patrick Mahomes. And I think that there's some opportunities here. If Tampa Bay can play as well against the run with the Chicago Bears today uh, as they're going to against the Eagles, if they can put the clamps on DeAndre Swift and Boston Scott and, and really make Jalen Hurts beat them with his arm, that was the recipe for success against the Eagles the last time they played them here at Raymond James Stadium, and that was in a wild card victory for Tampa Bay. Now, the Eagles are a much better team since then, certainly on yeah. defense, and certainly Jalen Hurts has become a better passer. But there was a lot to like about this game that I think the Bucks defense can apply against the Eagles next week. Yeah, I, I, think, that, uh, I think the defense may be a little bit better than – most thought originally um christian isian he's a dude like yeah. i'm ready to say it two weeks in yeah. um and and i texted in our group chat early it wasn't the interception that sealed the game he's solid in coverage and he's such a sound tackler and i think yeah. that that's such a big part of what todd bowles wants to do on defense to be able to rely on your nickel corner to be a good tackler. Ryan Neal is a good tackler. They've added yeah. some guys to really solidify, I think, the floor of the defense. Yeah. And after the first drive, when Bowles tried to blitz Justin Fields and it did not work, him saying, okay, let's trust the front four to get home. They got home early, yeah. often, six sacks. I think I did the math. They're on pace for like 76 and a half sacks. There's two, two games in the season. You can take <laughs> that to the bank, right? By the end of the God, season, Bowles will be happy with 50. 
this this defense has yet to get 50. That's the magic number. So, but I, I'm with you. I, I think Matt, when you look at at the pass rush here, it's not just one guy. It's not just Shaq Barrett with 19 and a half sacks in 2019. There are a lot of guys that can get to the quarterback. And uh, when you when you look at at the sack distribution, Matt, you've got JTS leading the way with two. Vita Vea with one and a half. You've got Cam Gill coming off the bench and getting one. Shaq Barrett had one plus a pick six. Uh, Logan Hall even at half a sack. It was originally credited to Yaya Diaby, but it ended up being a half a sack for Logan Hall. So just a lot of pressure on Justin Fields making his life miserable today. I know Todd Bowles said that that touchdown drive in the fourth quarter, he made two really bad calls, apologized mm-hmm. to the team. But the Bucks defense, the players bailed him out. Certainly that Shaq Barrett pick six was amazing. You know, I, I, I remember seeing Rondé Barber set up himself for a very critical pick six. A more important one, because this was back in, in 2002 when the Buccaneers uh, beat the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. But with the way you look at Shaq Barrett going inside and then having the presence of mind to say, Fields is in the end zone. I'm not just going to come right ahead and just rush him straight off the bat. Uh, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to see if he's going to go left or right. Oh, he's actually going to throw the ball. I'm going to get my hand up and pick it off. And I just thought great veteran play uh, by Shaq Barrett there to really kind of set up that pick six for himself. You had a uh, fantastic question for Shaq to try and ask him to explain it. And I think it comes back to that's instincts because when you asked him about it, Shaq said you remembered it a heck of a lot better than he did. <laughs> yeah, and and I think just the to go back to the whole collaboration by everybody, this goes back to Todd Bowles in the beginning of training camp saying outside linebacker is going to be one of the toughest positions to choose from for everybody yeah. making this roster. And you saw it with Cam Gill making the big play. And Joe Tryanchenko, maybe one of his best games as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, that one yeah. sack where he just unloaded on Justin Fields, I thought he was yes, off. Sack. I thought he was off sides at first because we've seen Shaq Barrett get penalized for that. It actually yeah. happened right around the goal line as well early on. But no, it was just perfect timing. Annihilated Justin Fields on the play. Vita Vea, not an outside linebacker, of course, but just absolutely dominant up front, just going to town on the interior offensive lineman for the Chicago Bears. I mean, this pass rush is just always going to cause an issue because even at the times when it's not working for the outside linebackers, that's when you blitz Antoine Winfield Jr., which obviously was way more successful last week, but you still have that in your back pocket if you want to. Devin White came nearly close to forcing a fumble on Justin Fields that they ruled an incomplete pass. So there are so many different tricks of the trade for the Bucks getting after the quarterback. And obviously Todd Bowles is the one pulling all the strings for it. So yes, Justin Fields helped out the guys here and there, but man, I mean, you got to be excited about what Tampa Bay can do as a defense getting after uh, the QBs. And they've done well against mobile quarterbacks, keeping them in the pocket. I expect them to do the same with, uh, with Jalen hurts next week. It's it's keep the QB in the, in the pocket and 17 points or less per game. And Let's not forget, they did all of this without their first-round draft pick who they drafted to get after the quarterback. Yeah. So you, you layer in Kalijah Kansi. Hopefully he returns to the field soon. And uh, and this could be the pass rush that Jason Light has been trying to build for a few years now where it's not reliant upon Shaq Barrett to get 19 and right. a half sacks, 
but it really is. It's waves after waves. And that's where you see the truly elite defenses in the NFL right now, the New York Jets, the Pittsburgh um, Steelers, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, all of them. It's okay. Here's our front four, which is amazing. And then here's, here's our second version of the front four, which is also amazing. Have fun opposing yeah. offensive lines. Yeah. And, and I think too, the beauty of, of how the Bucks have won these, these first two games of the season, they've protected Baker Mayfield. And when they haven't, Baker's been able to get out of some plays. He's been a little bit of a Houdini. He's been a magician in escaping some would-be sacks. So you've got, you've got the offensive line doing well enough to keep him upright where he's able to make some plays. And we saw some really good improvisation, some little shuffle pass, some uh, underhanded throws just to get some positive yards. And so that, that, that was pretty incredible, but it's no turnovers again for this offense. This is the second week in a row. The Bucks have protected the football and, and they've been able to get some takeaways. Granted, it was like really within the last two minutes that they got both of those today. But, you know, to your guys' point, Christian Isian, the ball seems to find him. And yeah. he's kind of Antoine Winfield-esque in that regards, where now the Buccaneers have several playmakers back there, right? We know Carlton Davis has a hard time catching the ball, same with Jamil Dean. But now they got two guys in Winfield and Isian who just the ball seems to find them. And I know it's way early, but I'm just going to say it. I mean, Rondé Barber had that trait. The ball just seemed to find him. And we'll see if Chris Isian continues to be a ball magnet. And certainly Antoine Winfield, we know, uh, is uh, maybe not every game, but he's going to make a factor. And I'll tell you what, that massive hit that he had, well, one hit caused Chris Isian's yes. interception. But then there was another one that would have been a huge completion to Cole Komet. And he just came in and put his shoulder right into mm -hmm. Komet and, and forced a, an incompletion. So um, now you're seeing the Bucks defense have playmakers up front that can get after the quarterback. And then guys on the back end that can take advantage of that pressure and come up with the ball. And also, there was a lot of questions about the Bucks depth, you know, going into the regular season at certain positions. And obviously that depth was questioned today with Kalijah Cansey not playing at defensive tackle and obviously Carlton Davis not available at cornerback. And the Bucks checked both of those boxes just in terms of, yes, the Bears are a worse opponent that they should beat but they can get away with playing some of their backup guys in a needed situation, not because, yeah. Oh, we want to get these guys some looks. And I, I thought that was important for Tampa Bay to prove that you can win without even your biggest studs uh, on the defensive side of the ball and still made some big plays. I thought Zion McCollum was, you know, pretty, pretty good out there today. Yeah. He was very yeah. solid. He, he did not let up big plays. I actually think he played Chase Kelly pool better than Jamel Dean. To me, yeah. Dean had, uh, I would say, a second rough game in a row. But McCollum yep. went steady Eddie out on the edge and uh, made almost had his first career interception in the regular season um, on <laughs> a very good – I mean, McCollum's hands yep. are actually really good. He's just been a little yes. um, unlucky in terms of where he's been placed on some of those. Yeah, yeah he almost like had the interception was, today. Yeah, you're right. And it looked, speaking of Dean, it looked like he was cramping up at the end. Uh, the, as Young says, the Buck says, seemed like the heat was wearing on both teams. Yeah, that's a factor. I mean, it was it was hot today. 103 degree uh, heat index at kickoff. 
89 degrees, but I mean, you can just take that. It's, it's 89 is 89, but it's 103. That's what the field's like temperature is on the field. And, uh, and, and I thought the Buccaneers very well-conditioned team. I mean, we saw Vita Vea play most of the game. I'm, I'm going to be curious to read your snap counts, Matt, uh, tomorrow morning yeah. to see how many snaps Vita Vea played. But it just seemed like this dude was fresh in the fourth quarter to come away with, uh, with, you know, getting his sack. Now he has a sack and a half on the season. Uh, he also took Justin Fields' uh, hat uh, as a souvenir yeah. <laughs> uh, on that play, which was nice. Had to give it back to him, of course. But, but uh, yeah, Vita Vea was, was a beast today. And just the stamina that he's shown on a very hot day was, was impressive. Rick Stroud and I were talking about that after the game, where it just seems like in years past, Vita's kind of been on a pitch count because of his, his size. And, and now yeah. you're seeing – uh, you know, Vita just be a, in every down presence, just just about. It's it's like when the Bucks need a beat, Vita's there, and he comes through with big plays against the run, and now the passer. Yeah, it's two weeks in a row because last week, remember, Vita chased down a screen from about thirty yards, then yes. chased a running back down. So the conditioning has uh, it's been a really welcome sight uh, here early in the season. We have a super chat from Austin Glaze. Thank you so much to Austin for the $10 super chat that says national media's take on us being a bottom three team in the league looks worse by the minute. That Shaq pick six felt so good. Uh, thanks for all you guys do. LFG Bucks. Thank you, Austin, for the uh, $10 super chat. Yeah, I don't think anyone on this team is more deserving of making that big play than Shaq Barrett based on yeah. everything that happened to him this off season. And, you know, Shaq had been saying for a while to everybody, like, as far as his Achilles goes, I'm back. I'm ready to go. I thought he had a solid first game against Minnesota. And I think he said it best in his post-game press conference where he's like, yes, I felt good. Maybe my like stats or whatever didn't show it in the first game. And I needed yeah. kind of some of these big plays to pretty much everyone to stop talking about it. And Shaq showed up today in so many different ways not just getting into the quarterback, but making that crazy athletic play. I, it immediately reminded me of, because uh, they're playing the Eagles next week, the yep. interception he had on Jalen Hurts. Right. Grant, a little bit of a different situation, but the interception he had on Jalen Hurts in uh, the playoffs in 2021. And Shaq seems to just always be around for a big moment. Like, he's had a couple interceptions in his career. I remember yeah, uh, even with his first season with the Bucks, he had one because I was at the game in L.A., the one yeah. in 2021. Shaq right. is just a ball player. Like, he gets it yeah. done in so many different ways. He's not just a, oh, I'm going to pass rush and that's it. He does a little bit of everything, and that's why everyone loves him. Matt, you're right. And how many times did we see in, in the offseason, George Edwards, the new outside linebackers coach for this team, he did more pass drop drills than we've ever seen any yes. pass rush coach do. Because in the offseason, when it's flag football, when it's OTAs, and you can't really hit anybody, right? The, the trench guys, they just kind of stand there at the snap because it's flag football. It's basically cornerbacks versus DBs, or DBs versus receivers and tight ends. Um, and so I credit Todd Bowles and George Edwards for just constantly drilling these guys over and over again with their, with their pass drops. So they're looking for the ball. If they can't get to the quarterback, they're dropping back. They're looking for the ball, as you said, Matt, and, and, and perfectly – We've seen these types of plays from Shaq before. This is not something new. He can do this. But to constantly drill it the way that, that they did the entire offseason, even the start of training camp, that was the first drill we saw Shaq Barrett do. 
And his first practice back, the very first practice, he's sitting there dropping back. And we looked at each other and we're like, what's Shaq's back? I mean, he's yeah. <laughs> he's turning and planting and, and dropping in coverage, you know, for 15 minutes straight. They were they were doing that to start practice. So, uh, yeah, and, and I'll, I'll tell you this right now. Shaq Barrett's not going to be the only outside linebacker that's going to have an interception this year. We even saw Anthony Nelson get one in that Jets practice up there, that joint yeah. practice. And, and I would suspect we're going to see Joe Tronshawinka, Anthony Nelson. We're going to see another outside linebacker or two come up with another interception this year. Joe Tryon Shanka is a top three outside or edge player in the NFL in coverage. Period. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Now, yeah. how much that's worth? How many defensive coordinators actually put some worth on their <laughs> yeah. edge guy dropping? Todd Bowles may be yeah. the only guy, so there may not be a market for it. But he is fantastic at it, and you saw you saw them doing it. And Josh, you're right. I mean, Todd Bowles does favor that and factor that remember in his pro Bowl season uh, you know uh, missing some hands some fingers on his hands uh jason pierre paul had had two interceptions yep uh, in that that pro bowl year in 2021 so or actually 2020 was the super bowl season i believe so yeah i mean it, it's it, it's something that, that's important to bowls and, and george edwards and, and you saw here uh, as early as week two it paying dividends we have a super chat from Desert Dog 2K. Thank you very much for the $10 super chat. And uh, for you, hook them horns. Um, yeah. Based on his career thus far, although Baker Mayfield wouldn't want us to say this, uh, hook him. Uh, how surprised <laughs> are you that Baker is playing like this with no turnovers? Parentheses, no jinks. Yeah, that's um, that's the other side of this. We haven't talked about the offense much. We will, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but another game with no turnovers from Baker Mayfield. We talked a little bit about his scrambling magic. I saw a lot of like Steve Young <laughs> running around yeah. all over the place yes. when Baker Mayfield was. That's um, a great point. Yeah, what was uh, you know avoiding the the sack and everything like that. But Baker also did throw it away a couple of times. He had that one. Th- I think it was his first throw of the game that was nearly picked. But outside of that, yes. like not even really remotely coming close to putting the ball in harm's way. The closest call was. When David Wells fumbled it, but who was Johnny on the spot? Baker Mayfield <laughs> recovering the fumble. So, am I yep. surprised by it? Sure, I would say a little bit. I'm surprised what Baker's been able to do, but he's also at a different point of his career, and he knows that, like, he can be replaced. It's not like he's mm-hmm. the number one guy anymore, and everyone's all in on him. No, they'll go to Kyle Trask in a second if they don't think yep. Baker's performing, and he's performing pretty pretty well so far. Josh, Matt, let, let me get your reaction to something here. It, just just based on what you're saying there, Matt, it, it's almost like like Baker Mayfield is the kind of guy who likes to challenge. He likes to yeah. be challenged. And it's almost like Dave Canales has challenged him. And, and it's a mandate, whether it's him or Kyle Trask or whoever's behind center, right? It's don't turn the ball over, right? Um, or anybody in offense, for that matter, that has the ball in their hands, don't turn it over. But it almost seems like, like this is Baker versus Baker, Right. And, and when, when you have truly great competitors, now I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield's Michael Jordan or LeBron James or anything like that. But but those those elite competitors, regardless of, of their talent level and Baker's not at that level. But but I think we can safely say he's an uber competitor. The guy's very competitive yes. guy. And it's almost like this is the perfect competition for himself. It's Baker versus Baker. Baker, don't turn the ball over. I got it, Baker. Like we're, we're two and oh and no turning the ball over here in, in the past two weeks. What do you guys think about that? Am I on the right track? I could see it. Um, 
I think that the narrative around Baker's turnovers is a little misplaced. I've written about this, you know, during the off season, you go back to 2020, which I think is the most indicative of his play and the most for um, fortune telling, if you will, for the rest of the season, Mm -hmm. his turnover worthy play rate was about three and a half percent on his throws. Um, He'll get one for the the play that Matt pointed out, right? The very first throw, he'll get a turnover worthy play um, on that, which means he's got one in 68 pass attempts through two games, which is one and a half percent, which would be one of the best rates in the NFL. I don't think that's sustainable. I definitely think he can hit the three and a half percent from 2020, which was, I think, a career mark for him. Um, And maybe even improve that a little bit, which is more than okay. It'd be top half of the league for the NFL. Um, Where Baker's narrative has come around is he's been a little unlucky in terms of how many of those turnover worthy plays were actual turnovers. So where he's making the same mistakes or maybe he's been about league average in terms of those mistakes that he's made. His just happened to have been turnovers, actual turnovers, more than others around him in terms of rate. So I think that we could see an improvement over his best season, maybe 3.2%, 3%, which is more than enough for the offense to be um, effective. And, and I do think that this is a slightly different Baker. He's taken the checkdowns. He's playing yeah. in structure better than I've seen him in the past. He's got all the out of structure stuff that, you know, you like in terms of the high end and he's made good decisions in terms of the out of structure stuff. I, I tweeted during the game. I'm pretty sure he just rubbed himself down with Crisco today to avoid some of those, <laughs> those sacks. Yeah. <laughs> there was one where, where the guy literally just slipped right off of him. Yeah. Um, so I could see I can see him improving the narrative around him. And I think that he is that type of guy to, to what you've spoken about, Scott, in terms of, you know, you tell me I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, watch this. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say to answer Scott's question is Baker is an all time spite guy. If he yes. goes yes. on by Great you, point. he's going to yes. come back at you 10 times even harder. So whether it's yeah. the national media saying the Bucks aren't going to win at all this season, whether it's everyone expecting Baker Mayfield to throw the interceptions and, you know, be out. I'm sure Baker saw some of the stuff that Houston Astros fans were saying about him when he took a shot at the Houston Astros during the week. And everyone's like, oh, that's why you're a journeyman quarterback. That's why you're not going anywhere. I'm sure Baker saw that. Exactly. It's more fuel for him. He wants to prove them wrong, but it's also kind of proving it to himself too. And I think the best example of that was um, right towards the end of the second quarter when he scrambled again. He got out of bounds, yeah. but he got hit, and they threw the uh, you know unsportsmanlike conduct yeah. or whatever it was. He got right back up. He went right, right in that defender's face and started screaming at him. And that's just kind of yeah. how Baker is. And then you saw how he played, at least especially in that third quarter with the touchdown right. to Mike Evans. He's fueled by spite and hatred, and I respect the hell out of it. <laughs> Speaking of fuel, Matt, I mean, we've got some fuel here at Pewter Report that we heavily endorse, and it, of course, is – the Celsius brand, whether it's Cosmic Vibe, Lemon Lime, Sparkling Orange, or any of the flavors, Matt, tell us all about Celsius. Oh, yeah. I mean, Celsius, Celsius has such a variety of flavors. You can't go wrong with any of them. The newest flavor is the Cosmic Vibe, which is a sparkling fruit punch. But as you see, there's also the Sparkling Lemon Lime, the Orange, the Cucumber Lime. Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite. Can't go wrong with the Oasis Vibe either. Um, no sugar, no post-energy drink crash or jitters that you may get with another product out there. So if you haven't had Celsius yet, I cannot recommend enough that you go out and buy it and try it. 
Um, it's also the official sponsor of the Pewter Game Day Show. Um, if you go to the Celsius website on their store locator, you can punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can pick one up, whether it's your local, your Walmart, your Target, your 7-Elevens, your health and fitness stores, or your bodega. Bodega. And uh, if you keep going to your bodega and you know you love Celsius energy drinks and you want more of it, that's when you go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and you can have Celsius uh, sent to your residence whenever you want, every week, month, quarterly, yearly. You set it up, so it's uh, all on your terms. Just make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official sponsor of the Pewter Game Day Show, Pewter Report Podcast, Pewter Post Game Show, and PewterReport.com. We have a, uh, another super chat to get to real quick. Appreciate it. Oh, the super chats we've gotten from the pewter people today. We actually have two. I lied. I'm so sorry. We have two super chats to get to. Uh, first one from Big MGM, like those initials, because I got the same ones. Uh, big initial guy now saying AWJ, being Antoine Winfield Jr., still remains as one of the most underrated safeties in football. Yeah, I really hope Antoine Winfield Jr. starts to get more national recognition for his play. While he may not have had a turnover today. He's still flying around everywhere. And Scott, you already pointed out, but the two plays he made, knocking yeah. the ball out of Cole Kmet's hand, and then obviously uh, setting up the big PBU for Christian Izzian to get the interception. That was uh, that was <laughs> Antoine Winfield Jr. returning the favor from when Mike Edwards knocked the ball loose <laughs> yeah. in the Super Bowl, and Antoine right. Winfield Jr. <laughs> got the interception. He's right. finally paying it forward by uh, helping out Not Christian like Izzian with that one. So. <laughs> And the next one by Meets McGee. Thank you for the $5 super chat. Back on Baker Mayfield discussion. Uh, Baker has matured. Uh, but this is the second week in a row that we left 14 offensive points on the field. But I love what I see. They will continue to grow. Yeah, the offense by any means was not purpose, uh, not perfect. They uh, struggled in the red zone quite a bit. Um, I also thought fourth quarter, when they really had that chance to close the game out, they had at least two drives where they either went three and out or it's a very quick drive. And yeah. you know, they had their foot on the throats of the bears and weren't able to close the game out. Now the Shaq Barrett interception pick six really masked a lot of that. Cause you're kind of forgetting it. But uh, what do you right. guys think of the offense offensive performance, especially in that fourth quarter? Well, uh, the, the fourth quarter to me, it seemed like once they had a 10 point lead, and as much as I praise Todd Bowles for, for not being conservative last week, it seemed like they were playing not to lose at the end. It seemed like they were comfortable and they kind of settled in a little bit offensively and defensively. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I can't fault this offense. This is week two. This is the second game with all the starters together, right? We saw a bunch of explosive plays uh, from Mike Evans. This, this offense totaled. 437 yards. Granted, the, the Bears defense, as we talked about ad nauseum during the week on the Pewter Report podcast, I'm sure you guys mentioned on the, on the Pewter game day pregame show, the Bears do not have a pass rush. They had one sack last week, no sacks today. Uh, the Bucks offense converted 53% of their third downs, 8 of 15. That's really good. <laughs> and then you throw in the 437 yards of offense, you saw more balance today in terms of, of, uh, of rushing attack and uh, with the Bucks running for 120 yards, 3.5 yards per clip. That could probably be increased a little bit. We saw a better day from Rashad White. I'm not sure where his ceiling is, but it, it was a better performance, statistically speaking, production-wise, than it was last week. 
73 yards and a touchdown. Baker Mayfield, very efficient, 26 of 34 for 317 yards. Uh, hit a couple of uh, bombs to Mike Evans, including one for a touchdown, one for a 70-yard catch and run. Uh, I like where this offense is, except for the red zone, right? They need some work there. There, there is some validity to the fact that they should have had more points on the board. But, but Josh, Matt, I don't know that the play calling was conservative, maybe at times in the fourth quarter, but I like some of the third and long calls that were actually converted by Dave Canales. Yeah, I mean, 8 of 15 on third down, it's great. It's one-game sample size. Um, in the last three years, if you had to guess how many teams over the course of a season – at a third down conversion rate of 50% or greater, how many teams do you think would have done that? I, I don't know. I'm too old. Yeah. Three, three in the last three years. The Packers in 2020, yeah. the, the Chiefs in 2021, and the Bills in 2022. That's it. So to expect yeah. that kind of third down um, conversion to be sustainable is probably Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's not sustainable. I just Absolutely. like the fact that I saw a lot of progress from week one to week two. Yep, and I'll give them that. I, I like the, the more, more yards overall. Better third downs just need some refinement inside the red zone and, and uh, more touchdowns and not as many field goals. I, I think if they play this way offensively, it's not enough to beat the Eagles nope. on Monday night. They're going to have to put 10 more points on the board yeah. by themselves offensively Yep, to have a chance of beating the Eagles. We should have we should have known they were going to be pretty good on third down because that's all Dave Canales said during his not all he said, but his uh, his Thursday press conference. It came up. Yeah, "Yeah, I'm excited. Put in some great stuff on third down. And obviously they were great on uh, third down. We got another super chat. Uh, Just one thing before you get to the super chat. There were some curious things. I think, Scott, you kind of hit the the nail on the head in terms of saying there were times where you're kind of scratching your head. Um, The one that stands out in my mind. after a penalty, a holding penalty, first and 19, inside zone run from shotgun, sets up second and 17, another yep. run sets up third and eight. That made no sense to me. The back-to-back runs yeah. from deep in their own zone, you know, well behind the sticks. That was a little curious, and I, I'd love to get Canales' reasoning for that when, when we get him next week. Uh, Bucks Basement with the 499 Super Chat. Appreciate you, Bucks Basement. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, says, as much as I want to believe the hype on this team, I need the Bucks to do this against teams that have actually won a game this season. That is true. Uh, Great point. The, <laughs> the Bucks uh, combined opponent's score is a uh, record is 0-4. Granted, we're only two weeks into the season. And I'm I'm kind of getting a similar feeling to... Uh, the 29th, I forgot what season it was. Maybe the 2018 season. Whenever Ryan Fitzpatrick started and when James Winston yeah. was suspended and they went 2-0 and then they had a primetime game against another Pennsylvania team, right. the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And that was the first time that the Bucks really ran into some trouble. And then next week they played the Bears and all that crazy stuff yeah. happened. I, I mean, uh, I'll just say this. It's better to be 2-0 than 1-1 or 0-2. This team started off 2-0 and last year with two very impressive wins on the road against Dallas and New Orleans, yeah. which were probably more impressive than these two wins against the 0-2 Vikings and now the 0-2 Bears, right? Uh, and we, yeah, we saw how that season ended. That season ended 8-9. They did win the division, but it, it kind of petered out and, and it started in week three with a loss, uh, a narrow loss at home to the Packers. And then the Chiefs came in and drilled the Bucks. 
after the hurricane. And all of a sudden, they're two and two, right? And and there, there's there's a chance this team could be two and two heading into the bye week. I'm not going to concede anything, and nor am I making predictions right now. But I'm just saying, at worst, they'll be two and two, and and that's a good thing. At best, they'll be four and zero, oh, and maybe they'll be three and one. But I, I will say this: there is something to be said about win the winnable games, and whether it's you know my pop Warner teams, or I remember in high school our football coach said you win the winnable games, right? Yeah. Um, the, the the games that that should be W's don't beat yourself, right? And 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 take those, and then the games that are going to be close, let's find the edge and win those, and then the games where we're overmatched, you know, let's see what happens. Let's give ourselves a slugger's chance. Let's protect the ball. Let's try to get some takeaways, and and try to do what USF almost did right here yeah. at Champ Stadium yesterday against Alabama. Right? Uh, they had a puncher's chance uh, into the fourth quarter. So. I, I like the fact that we've seen whether it's a, a narrow, you know, come from behind win against a bad Jets team a couple of years ago, whether it was going to Chicago in 2020 and losing on Thursday night to a bad Bears team because they beat themselves. This team's not beating itself right now. So uh, is that going to continue? I don't know. But right now, the formula for success is, is let's beat the other team and let's not have the Bucks beat themselves. And they certainly did that enough last year, right? The Cleveland game comes to mind, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I'm not going to say there's hype about this Buccaneer team. I'm just saying they're two and zero because they've done enough to win these two games, and and we've seen progress on both sides of the ball. And let's see how more they continue to progress and where the ceiling is for this team. I, I don't know where it is right now. Yeah, I, I like to look a little bit beyond the record, and you, and you talk about what were the question marks before the season, right? Question marks were Baker Mayfield's turnover proneness. He hasn't been that turnover prone, right? Question mark around the yeah. offensive line. The offensive line has been better than I think even the harshest critics um, or, or the most optimistic fans' uh, um, expectations. You know, Baker, yeah. has, he's been sacked once in two games, right? They didn't get him down today. Um, so that, so, you know, the, the nickel nickel corner spot looks to be, you know, uh, uh, not a, a weakness. The depth right. in the secondary is a little concerning um, still, you know, but Zion McCollum equated himself really well. So the pass rush was better than expected. So all of these things, all of these components to people thinking that the Bucks were going to be not good, they're all inching in the right direction. Now, there's one other thing that has creeped up, which is the red zone execution, the penalties, things like that. Those are typically fixable things. I think some of the red zone execution is Dave Canales has, has called all of two regular season games in his career. And I think right. if we go back to the tape, I'm expecting to see some calls where I'm like, there was probably a better play there, right, for him yeah. to, to get to. And then the execution on, from the players has to improve a little bit. That's something that is one of those things where you say that's fixable. Like that's yeah. legitimately from a process standpoint, fixable. And if that's the case, then you're, you're working with something. And if you assume the Bucks original, they were over under on their wins this year was six and a half, which is like a 383 winning percentage. You apply yeah. that to the next 15 games and they have two banked wins now. They've moved that right. line from six and a half to 7.7, right? If yeah. you add in, they're probably a little bit better than the original 383. Now you're looking at eight wins, maybe nine wins as their true talent level. They're moving the needle in the right direction. 
Yeah. And if the uh, the Bucks were to improve in the red zone, that'd probably help if you pick some of the Bucks players in underdog fantasy with their pickums, which is one of the funnest things to do each week. Josh Capo and I are going to talk about our big days with underdog fantasy after this. But for the pickums, you just choose higher or lower on the stats of at least two players. It's got to be uh, one per team. So in this case, Bucks and Bears. The more you bet, uh, the more times of a chance of winning you have. Um, so if you want to bet three players, you get three times the winnings. Um, of course, if you want to put some insurance on it, if you don't hit all three, you can still win. But Underdog Fantasy, they got uh, great events throughout the season, whether uh, they got uh, a regular season pool, they got a playoff pool, the rivals, the pickums. So many great different games to play at Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, to get a first deposit bonus with pewterreport.com. I got a show every Friday, Pewter Picks and Props. My picks this week were higher on the passing yards for Justin Fields at 175 and a half and higher than 208 and a half passing yards for Baker Mayfield. Baker blew it out of the water with his performance throwing the football. Justin Fields did hit it later on in the fourth quarter, so I was a double winner with my player prop. I also had the Bucks minus three, that hit. The over of 40 and a half, that hit. And anytime touchdown, Rashad White, that hit as well. So I was 5-0 and oh on my Bucks picks this Woo-hoo! week. Not to mention 2-0 and oh the week before with the Bucks spread and the over under. And two out of three with my player props. So I'm giving you winners, winners, winners. Can't wait for next week's show to give you more picks. Josh Capo, you had a great day as well. I did. I went with a three pick. I took uh, on the Bucks side, Rashad White, higher than 54 and a half rushing yards. He hit 73. I had on the Bears side, Roshan Johnson getting over 23 and a half rushing yards. He did all but half a yard of that on a single run, ended up with 32. And then I picked Justin Fields to throw more than half of an interception, and he hit that very well in the fourth quarter for me. So I I got all three of those, and I was a very happy camper on my underdog picks for the day. Love to see it. We got a Speaking of money. To get to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, appreciable Assets, LLC. Thank you for the four ninety nine Super Chat that says, these blind bootleg plays into the defender are going to deplete the Pucks quarterback stable. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to give some props here to Baker's escapability, right? He's shown the ability to to duck some of those. Uh, you can't duck them all, and there's going to be some where he's going to get creamed probably. And you just have to hope that he's stout enough to to rebound, you know, from some of those hits. So I, it's part of this offense. There's no escaping it. The, the blind, bootle- blind bootlegs, the rollouts and all that, those are Dave Canales' staples. Uh, Salty Buck, uh, Buccaneer, four ninety nine super chat. Baker making good on the historically on the historically lowly Bucks is poetic. Everyone counted him us out and never gave us a chance. Real ones knew though. Still a long season. It's a great start for Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. We're two games in, fifteen more to go. Right, and I'm just gonna. I'm not trying to to dampen the enthusiasm here. I'm just trying to keep it real a little bit here, right. uh, Buccaneer fans. That, that they don't even they started off. 2-0 last year, and they finished 8-9. and nine. So let's see how it plays out. Yeah, they don't even have, like, the lone hold of the NFC South, right? The right. Atlanta Falcons are also 2-0. Yeah. and 0. 
um, yeah, which sets up for, for, you know, that could be a really good game here in, in a few weeks. However, I can't help but think if this was the NFC Central, yeah, they'd be in really good shape right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is an interesting stat here. Tom Bucks fan says the Bucks Super Bowl years in 2002 and 2020, uh, the Bucks had the, the, they had wins six and no versus losing teams in 2002, and they were nine and no against losing teams in 2020. Imagine that. So, yeah, that kind of speaks to my point. Don't stub your toe and lose winnable games. Win the winnable games. Get the, yeah. you know, the, the cupcakes, the easy. There's no easy games. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be disrespectful. But this was a winnable game, right? Um, I won 30 large on, um, on the Bucks on my bookie today. And, and just before you think 30 large is, is 30 grand, it's not. I didn't say 30 grand. I said 30 large. When you have four kids and a wife, 30 large is 30 bucks. Okay, so... <laughs> I said large, not grand. So don't come at me with, oh my God, Reynolds won $30,000 today. No, I didn't. I won $30 and I'm happy about it. So, Speaking go. of large, we have gone way too far into this show without speaking yeah. about the gigantic performance that the greatest offensive yeah. player in Buccaneers history, Mike Evans, had today. I mean, the yards after the catch alone was incredible by Mike Evans. The touchdown catch he made on a third and 14 after the fumble by David Wells was, I mean, just an outstanding performance from Mike Evans. Uh, we all know the, the contract extension story with him. Yep. Uh, last week it was Devin White, who obviously wants a lot of money. Yep. <laughs> this week <laughs> That's right. it's, uh, it's Mike Evans showing that he is deserving of a lot of money. Yeah, nine catches. I'm sorry, six catches. Six. 171 yards, 28.5 yard average, and a big touchdown. So that's uh, you know th that's a good day at the office for a guy that that wants another payday. And you know, I, I tell you, um, we've seen Chris Godwin be a steady Eddie, but Mike Evans is, has been the guy that has the touchdowns on the board so far. And remember, last year he had six on the season. And that was coming off a year in 2021 when he set his his franchise record at, at 14 touchdowns. So right now, Mike Evans is on uh, pace to get 17 touchdowns this season. Mm -hmm. uh, not that he will, but um, it, it's a heck of a start, uh, Matt, for a guy that, that is in a contract year and wants to get paid big money from the Bucks or somebody else. We had a commenter during the show. I, I apologize who it was because we have so many great uh, Peter people. And he was like, last week was a uh, preseason game for Mike. This is the regular season, Mike, with what he yeah. with what he did today. And, yeah, we saw Mike Evans flourish in Dave Canales' offense with getting the yards after the catch. The one where Baker was scrambling to the left side and Mike jumped, made the catch, and stayed in bounds. And then the spin move, then the spin yeah. move on, the def on the defender was a sight to behold. I have never seen Mike make a, make a play like that. No, I – I saw a tweet from Trevor Sycamore. He said he yeah. had, uh, he thought um, Mike had more yards after catch this game than he did like all of last year. And it got me thinking. So I went back into the PFF archives uh, previously, his yards after catch high in a single game was 70 yards week nine against the giants in 2015, his second year in the league. Right. right. He got 73 by my unofficial count 
on his two big yak plays, yeah. right? The 70 yarder, which I think was a career high for him. And then the spin move that, that Matt just, just noted. Yeah. Um, I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit, but uh, Scott, I hope you don't mind. Cause I know you said the sure. computer report chat, you know, it's, yeah. it's the chat. We, we keep it a yeah. pretty private, but I tweet or I texted in the pewter report chat after right. the 70 yarder that, uh, or maybe it was after the, the second one. I can't remember, but basically it was after the second big yak one. Yeah. Uh, Mike Evans for most disappointing. When you have two big yak <laughs> games like that, you have to score a touchdown. Right. Uh, I followed it up with something like, uh, uh, you don't, you know, he's a geriatric old man, doesn't deserve <laughs> yeah. $28 million. Now, all of that in jest, right? It was yes. very, very much joking. And I'm starting to see the benefits of the edit button for X Twitter <laughs> because you have an edit button in the yeah. in, in our chat. And if you go back and look at those texts that I sent, they yeah. now read Evans for most impressive, best game of his <laughs> career. He has found the fountain of youth. You pay a guy like that $28 million a year on a lifetime contract yeah. because he will never decline. So thank goodness right. for the Pewter Report chat edit button. Super chat here from Salty Buccaneer, Matt. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the 199 super chat. Says uh, Mike tied Megatron, AB, and Brandon Marshall at 83 career touchdowns. Well, yeah. congrats to Mike Evans. He's going to get a lot more this season and will surpass. Yeah. Them. I'll tell you what, uh, congratulations are in order if you are uh, buying a house from uh, the Eric Gross Group. And I'll tell you why, because if, if you're purchasing a house from the Eric Gross Group, it means you've got tremendous value. Um, it it means that, that Eric has gone to bat for you to get you the absolute best price uh, that he can. And, uh, you know, when you, when you do business with good people, good things happen. And that's what can happen when you choose Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group, uh, which is the official realtor, Peter Report, to buy or sell your house. You need a pro in your corner. And Eric Gross is that pro with hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market. Uh, especially here in the Tampa Bay area where Eric is not only a Tampa native, his father is stationed in McDill Air Force Base, but he's also an avid Peter Report reader. And he's probably watching this Peter Report podcast right now. Whether it's the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, commitment to excellence, that's what sets the Eric Gross Group apart. And that's why they're the official realtor group of Peter Report. Whether it's the 85,000 agents in the EXP Realty Force, or their strong team of vendors. The Eric Gross will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into reality. Your clients are not just transactions, they're lifelong friendships. So don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Go to housesinfla.com. That's their website, housesinfla.com. Make sure you check out their inventory. It's a great website. Uh, let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Or again, check out housesinfla.com or give Eric a call at 513-907-4271. No matter where you are on your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Um, I also want to give a quick shout out to Kate Otten uh, in the passing game uh, this yeah. week. I, I don't think yeah. it would be enough to get a Manscaped game ball, but he was right. a nice little extra option for the Buccaneers in today's game. Just, you know, six, seven yards over the middle, made the catch, started heading up the field. A nice yep. security blanket for Baker Mayfield when other things were breaking down or if Chris Godwin and Mike Evans weren't open. So it's good to see them try to finally establish something with Kate Odden. He actually got a target yep. in the first half. That doesn't happen. He used to only be a second-half guy. 
Um, but got some opportunities and he went gloveless again. He's back to being barehanded. Yeah. I'm very curious as to why. But I thought Kate Otten, I mean, it's only been two games, but yeah. uh, it was really good to see his uh, his impact in the passing game today. Yeah. Speaking of impact, um, I, and you set it up perfectly, Matt, um, when it comes to game balls, we're going to hand them out here, uh, courtesy of Manscaped. But, folks, when you need some impact in your ball sack, um, Manscaped is the place to go to get your balls looking and feeling as, as nice as possible. And we're in the middle of fantasy football season. So attention fantasy football fanatics as draft season approaches, don't neglect the most important draft picks of all your game balls. We all know how injuries can ruin a season. So let Manscaped take care of that Reggie Bush of yours with your skin safe <laughs> technology. That should guarantee you have a smooth ride into the playoffs. The leaders in below the waist grooming have created a championship lineup with their performance package 4.0, and it's time for you to do the same. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff each week by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. When you buy with our Pewter Report code, which is Pewter20, you're going to save 20% off and get free shipping for the performance package 4.0. It includes the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which, trust me, I use that now that I'm in my 50s. Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag. So, again, go to manscaped.com and use the promo code Pewter20, and that'll save you 20% off any of your purchases, and you get free shipping with that promo code. It's time to put the PP back in PPR and get a grip on your pigskin this season with manscaped all right having read all of that uh let's let's dish out some game balls shall we now that our balls are nice and and ready to uh, to be um grabbed and given out <laughs> matt go first go ahead matt. all right um i guess if i'm going first because josh is losing it i'm gonna go with the guy that sealed the game um i, I gotta go with shaq barrett all the turmoil he went on, he that went on for him during the offseason. Um, to have the, a big sack today, just a, yeah. a menace on the pass rush, and then that crazy athletic play, which also got the over in the game and made sure that yeah. they covered the spread. From there that aspect go. of it, I'm giving Shaq Barrett my game ball a tremendous, tremendous job, way to come back, and just so happy for him on a personal yeah. level, too. Yep. Um, so I, I agree. I mean, uh, that's a defensive guy, Matt, you know me, I'm a defensive guy. So I'm, I'm absolutely in favor of you giving a, a manscaped game ball to Shaq Barrett certainly deserved it. You know what? He got his own ball today, right? He, he got a pick six, uh, which yeah. is the first of his career and the first pick six, first defensive score for the bucks this year. Uh, let's say, uh, let's, let's give our, our second game ball out uh, to Josh, Josh, who are you giving your game ball out to today? Well, since oh, hold on, hold on. I, I know who it is. I know. I'm. Just, we put the picture up. Okay. He. I mean, seventy. There you oh, go. Oh no, I was. I thought you were going to put up Come a picture of Camardo for his seventy-something yard punt. But yes, we actually, we don't have any pictures of Camardo, Josh. Sorry, uh, it's, it's, we we have to mix it up. We can't give Camardo the, the the manscaped game ball every week. Okay. Right. So no, I got you. I'm going to set you. you up with JTS pictures. That Joe. is exactly who I was going to go with. Uh, Manscaped presents this. Manscaped is all about keeping your balls smooth. And I feel like JTS played silky smooth all day long. Ooh, Two love sacks, it. Yeah, love it. crushed fields, great run defense, 
helped set the edge. And, and I think that was the underrated thing that we didn't get to talk too much about uh, with, with Shaq, yes. with JTS, with Anthony Nelson, with Yaya Diaby. They were all so disciplined in their, their rush lanes that uh, Fields was not able to scramble out and, and really pick up yards with his feet. And I think four that that carries, a- four carries, Josh, to your point, four carries, three yards yep. to Justin Fields today. Huge. That's that's sensational. And the Bears as a whole, 67 yards on 16 carries. You look at, at that breakout run by Rashawn Johnson, your guy, 29 yard run. You take that away. He had three carries for three yards. Yep. Yep. And the Bucks just did a sensational job against the run. But to your point, JTS, I tell you, that, that second sack he had, uh, this was the first sack right here. The second sack he had, uh, to me, was his best pass rush I've ever seen from him. It was full gas. It was authority. It bend. was beat the tackle, get around, and get and get the quarterback down. Great bend, yeah. So for all those reasons, my silky smooth balls got tingly for JTS's silky smooth play. Very good. Yep. Uh, I, I don't blame you there. <laughs> I, I, I'm – I'm going to go in a different direction here, and it's probably going to surprise you guys a little bit. Um, I'm going to go with a guy that did a great job protecting his balls, and that's Baker Mayfield. I I'm see what Baker, you I'm going to give Baker some props. I thought not just the fact that he didn't have any uh, turnovers, no interceptions for the second straight game, passed for 317 yards, had 114.5 quarterback rating, got out of some sacks, but also recovered a ball, recovered that fumble by David Wells. And, and actually, that ended up being the Mike Evans touchdown on the next play, if my memory serves me correctly, or, or it, was, it was on that drive. Yeah, so the next play. Yeah, so great job with the balls, whether it's David Wells' balls or his own balls, <laughs> uh, throwing the balls to Mike Evans. Great job by Baker Mayfield. And as long as, <laughs> as those balls get protected, I think the Buccaneers have a very good chance. I'd say they're going to beat the Eagles, but they've got a very good chance uh, to show up, play good football, and see what happens on Monday night. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I was not that impressed with Minnesota, right, on, on Thursday against mm-hmm. the Eagles. We'll see what happens. I thought the Eagles certainly got the run game going, right? I think we, we can agree with that. But yeah. when you look now – uh, the Bears have a much more potent rushing attack than the Vikings did. The Vikings don't try to run the ball. They don't have Dalvin Cook anymore. But, Matt, 67 yards, 16 carries, and they forced Justin Fields to throw the ball 29 times. In this game, up until the fourth quarter when the Bucks had a 10-point lead, um, the Bears could have run the ball. It almost seemed like they opted not to because this Bucks defense is so good, Matt. Yeah, yeah, Josh, I don't know if you remember, but I said that early on in the game. I was like, oh, the, the Bears have only run it like – I think you look it up. They had only run it like four or five times. We were like, yep. That's so odd. They didn't run it at all. And I understand sometimes like going against the conventional wisdom of, oh, the Bucks are game planning for the Bears to run it often. Let's just throw it. But not when you have no passing attack at all with, with Justin Fields. I mean, it was really just that one touchdown drive where uh, it got going for them. So just a good job by the Bucks. Also, I just want to say, other game balls, Mike Evans absolutely deserves yeah. one. Vita Vea absolutely deserves one as well. Yes. If you want to throw Antoine Winfield Jr. or Chris Izzian in there, they yeah. deserve Camarda. recognition as well. And Jake Camarda, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, we're going to give Jake Camarda some props here. Josh is right. He averaged 
62.8 yards per punt today. He had a career-long 72. His net was 47.8, and he three of those were inside the 20, including that one that set up the Shaq Barrett pick six. 75% of his punts were inside the 20, and the other 25% was a touchback on a 70-something yeah. yarder. That yeah. is – his EPA per play is going to be flipping skyrocket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have one more. Oh, we have two more uh, super chats. Uh, just the quarters one just came in saying, uh, "Thank you for the ninety-nine super chat." Uh, your balls tangent just cracked my son up with a couple of laughing, crying emojis. Hey, that, if there's any reason to watch the show, it's for the manscaped ad read. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, and you're right. And listen, with all sincerity, we all actually use manscaped products yeah. because they ship them to us for free. Why? Why wouldn't you thing for free? Right? We didn't pay for them. That's part of the deal, part of the, the endorsement deal. They, they give us the Manscaped. And I, I've never used Manscaped until I got the free one, right? Now, I don't have a free one to I, give you people. I don't. But I'm just telling you, I use it. It's a game changer. It's legit. I should have been using it. I shouldn't have been stingy. I should have paid money for it. And the great thing is with promo code Pewter20, you can save 20% off and get free shipping. So I, I highly recommend it and wholeheartedly endorse the product because I use it and I think I speak for you guys, although I'm I'm not about to check, but you can tell me if you <laughs> use it or not. They uh, they paid for it too. They do. Yeah. I paid for it because before I was a pewter reporter, I was right. a pewter report reader, listener, viewer, and yeah. based on the recommendations, I went out and purchased it. Well worth my money. Yeah. As we wrap up stuff. the show, uh, shout out to Meets McGee for this five dollar super chat. Who said I lost out on my bookie Rashad White plus eighty five uh, rushing yards and two touchdowns. I guess that's what you bet on. Uh, but Baker, White, Mike, and the defense helped me with uh, Daily Fantasy. So, hey, I mean, you win some, yeah. you lose and some. With, unless, yeah, yeah, unless you made my picks, then you just would have won it all. Or if you did Josh's picks, <laughs> you would have just won those all yes. as well. Yeah. Yeah, make sure you're listening to Matt. This guy knows his stuff. And make sure you're checking out um, all of our great content, not just on pewterreport.com. We want you to go there right now and read all of our game coverage because we have more coming up tonight. A lot of great stuff from our yeah. writers on pewterreport.com. Uh, follow us on social media at X, Facebook, Instagram, threads uh, at Peter Report. But we, we really want you to check out Peter Report TV. We've got my Peter Pulse videos up there. Matt's Friday Peter Picks and Props is a must watch. If you want to win some money, Matt has been on the money to start this season, uh, plus the Peter Report podcast, plus Peter Game Day, all found on Peter Report TV. Make sure you're subscribing to our, our YouTube channel. We're nearing 12,000, thanks to you, Peter people. If you're yeah. not there yet, make sure you subscribe. It's just a hit a button, click away, and join the Peter people. Join the pack. And make sure you're liking our videos and leaving comments. We read the comments. We enjoy interacting with you guys. And it also helps our algorithm, helps us get in front of more awesome Peter people like you guys, Matt, I know we have a victory Monday on tap at 4 o'clock tomorrow, 4.20. We've got roll call. So make sure you're there tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Yep, that's going to do it for us on today's show. Another one at 4 o'clock. Roll call will be had, which is always fun. So until then, for Josh Capo, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Boxer 2-0. Peace out. Yeah. We're 100 subscribers away from Peter Report TV hitting 12,000. Thanks to you guys. Out.